You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Well, thank you guys for the warm welcome. I truly appreciate it. As Pastor Marco said, my name is Marcus, and uh, it has been, well, I did preach about an hour ago, but before that, it's been a long time since I've had the opportunity uh, to share God's Word with His people. In fact, the last time I did this in person, uh, per my recollection, is December of 2019, back when we were at the school. So we weren't even meeting here yet. We were still over at Bangor Central Elementary. And then after that, at the the starting point of the pandemic, uh, I was not married yet. I was a bachelor living in a two-bedroom home that I was planning on turning into a rental some point in time to try to make some more money. And uh, when the announcement of the lockdown got mentioned or got uh, got put in place, my spare bedroom turned into a makeshift stream room. So actually, the last time I preached was from my spare bedroom <laughs> online. Um, so this is you know it's been a while. And it, this is a little bit different, but, but as Pastor Marco said, I've been a part of the church since even before day one. Oddly enough, my sister and my brother-in-law are here. I was living with them at the time down in Lansing. So I was down in Lansing in like 2015, 2016, and I remember getting the phone call from Pastor Marco. I was one of the first people he called after his meeting with Pastor Lee Cummings, who's the president of the Radiant Network, to say, hey, I just got out of a meeting with Pastor Lee today. He wants us to be a Radiant plant. And I was like, dude, let's go. I remember it was like about 11 p.m. at night. It was late. I was in the kitchen probably grabbing a Coca-Cola and some taco stuff because I would eat at like midnight at that point in time because my metabolism was better Um, (laughs) because it was a few years ago. Um, But yeah, I just remember hearing his heart and hearing his vision. And then just to see what God's done in the last five and a half years, it is just uh, humbling to be a part of this uh, and to see what God has been up to here in Bay City of, of all places to do it. So it's just a privilege uh, to be up here. But I did want to share a little bit more about myself since it has been a long time since I've been up here. Um, again, my name is Marcus. I'm born and raised here in Bay City. I'm 36 years old. I'm a graduate of uh, Grace Bible College in Grand Rapids. It's a Grace... Grace Christian University now. So I have my bachelor's degree through there. I am married to my lovely wife, Martha. We've been married for two and a half years. Thank you. Um, And yesterday was her 30th birthday. Yeah. So if you see her, embarrass her for me and make her blush. That's the power of having a microphone in front of a lot of people. You can, uh, you can do things like this. So please tell her happy birthday. We had an awesome trip to Detroit to celebrate and got to go see some friends and check out some art. It was a beautiful time to celebrate her birthday. So um, I also wanted to mention, again, since it's been so long since I've preached, I want to just ask for some grace today. Um, I might stare at my notes a little bit more. I might fumble over my words a little bit more. Um, Just be gracious with me. I'm kind of kicking out the dust, brushing off the rust a little bit. Um, So please be gracious. And, And today's message is pretty practical. It's not the most, like hyper-spiritual thing in the world. Not, not going to lie, I did want to give myself a little bit of a layup, you know, to kind of get back into, the game, back into the game a little bit, build some traction as I start to preach here and there at the church. So 
it's, it's, it's simple, but don't confuse simple with unimportant. Uh, simple is still very important. Just because it's, it's communicable doesn't mean that it's not meaningful. Um, so it is a simpler message, but it's still a powerful one, one that we need to hear in the church today. Um, but also, too, we just need to know that, um, that as we consider God's word in Romans 12, that he's speaking to us as, as his body. So there's, there's two groups that I want to kind of address and my two goals. My goal is this, is if you already serve in the church, if you're already actively participating in the body of Christ as a servant, uh, I hope today's message is encouraging to you. I hope that it re-energizes you. I hope that the Lord kind of refocuses you and reminds you that this is a huge part of your journey as a follower of his. Now, for those of you who are not involved in the church and not serving in some capacity, the next half an hour is going to be a huge guilt trip. I'm going to try and twist your arms and just make sure that by the time you're done here, you're signing up for every ministry and you're serving 18 Sundays a month. Joking. I'm not, that is not my goal. My intent here, for those of you who aren't serving, is that the Lord would use today's message to just coax you lovingly into taking that next step of faith. This is a big part of your discipleship journey, and it's not all about of what you can do for the church, but rather what you get out of being an active member in the body of Christ. So those are my two goals today. And we're going to be in Romans 12. So if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Romans 12, we're going to be in verses 1 through 8. The first two verses are, kind of, I don't want to say bumper sticker verses, but we did cover them a little bit about a month and a half ago. Pastor Marco mentioned them in his uh, sermon, Becoming Like Jesus. And in that, he was talking about the transformation process that happens when you become a Christian. When you kind of, you take that step of faith and you accept Christ as your Savior, Savior there is a transformation that happens in the Greek word for it is metamorpho. So it's a metamorphosis. It's, it's the same word that you would describe like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You're like a brand new creation. And the reason that we're going to be in these verses is because Paul in verses 1 and 2 talks about that, but our main focus is actually going to be the verses that follow. And these verses are talking about the response that comes from becoming a new creation in Christ. So as we take that step, there should be a, there should be a corresponding action and step that comes naturally in that process. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we are going to be in Romans 12. Uh, verses will be on the screen. Uh, you can bust out your smartphone as well if you want to pull up the Bible app and follow along. Um, but we're going to read these verses together. We're going to pray, and we're going to dive in. All right, so Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's that word we were talking about. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then this is the portion that we'll focus mostly on today. For by the grace given to me, again, this is Paul speaking to the church in Rome, to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. 
If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Church, as we get ready to dig into God's word, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, again, I just thank you for your patience with me um, to bring me back to this place. I honestly never thought I would preach again, so it's kind of surreal to be in this moment. So Holy Spirit, as we sang earlier, I uh, just want to make room for you to do whatever you want to do in this moment, God. Uh, I pray that you would touch the hearts of those that, that have been on the fence about serving, um, that you would, you would lovingly steer them to take that next step, whether that's here at this church or a church that they're in out, out of town, God, that they would take that next step. And I pray, God, that those servants in your house would be encouraged today to know that their yes uh, does so much uh, to make you visible in this world. So, Holy Spirit, we, we just invite you in these moments to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'm going to start off with a little story. The year is 1984. A 21-year-old man is on top of the world. Can't be touched has a dream job, travels the globe, has money just pouring out of his bank account. He is just filthy rich, can't be stopped. Nothing can get into his way. To celebrate his wealth, his success, his status, he goes and he buys a brand new sports car. He buys a Corvette. Last service, I had like a bunch of people like, woo, muscle cars or sports cars. I was like, I don't know what these are. I'm sorry. I'm, I go for efficiency, not for, not for status. But anywho, he buys this vehicle and he decides to take it out on a drive on December 31st, 1984. He's driving down the road, sunroof open, wind in his hair, having a blast. Nothing could go wrong until something goes wrong. He gets into a major accident, and the vehicle starts tumbling over and over, barrel rolling down this country road. He's being jostled and thrown about in the, ca in the cabin of his vehicle. He's just booming and bouncing around when all of a sudden the seatbelt malfunctions, and he starts to get ejected out of the vehicle through the sunroof he had open. As he's being thrown from his vehicle, the seatbelt grazes up his side, clasps his arm, breaks his shoulder, and his arm is torn away from his body as he's launched out of the vehicle. Welcome to church. <laughs> Gruesome story, right? He's found by first responders. He's alive. They, they get him into the ambulance. They take him off to the hospital. They get him patched, repaired, his wounds mended, and he wakes up missing an arm. This is a story that some of you may know. This gentleman's name is Rick Allen, and he is the drummer of Def Leppard. Yes, the drummer, if you guys got that picture. That is Rick Allen. Uh, to this day, he is still the drummer for Def Leppard. He, I don't want to say overcame his, his 
accident because obviously he can't regrow a limb, but he has, through sheer determination, willpower, and the help of others in engineering, been able to still drum and do what he does. Now, if you watch any of our musicians up here, especially our drummers, you know that their appendages and the members of their body are super important to do the things that we do. We had Ian drumming today, and both his legs are moving, both his arms are going. He is using everything to the glory of God to call down the thunderous rhythms of heaven, to be the back backbone of our wonderful worship here at Radiant Church, and all of our drummers are so good at this, but how devastating would that be to wake up from that scenario and then be told, be told you've lost your arm and your career is over? Now, we know the outcome of his story, but in that hospital bed, he was sitting there realizing that without this limb, he could do much less than he was capable of doing before. There's some of you here that you're obviously not missing a limb and you're kind of like, well, I can't really super relate to this story, but I'm sure there are some of you here that are dealing with issues that are below the surface. You have people that are dealing with illnesses and diseases, diabetes, heart disease, maybe even things like uh, early onset dementia or cancer. And these things are affecting the functionality of our bodies. Our organs are failing. We're aging. Our eyes are aging. We need glasses to help us out with. And we know that as these things happen, we're starting to understand the importance of each member of our body. Now, I know this is a bit, again, kind of gruesome, kind of a downer way to start. But again, I bring this up because as we look at these verses that we just read, we see that Paul makes the illustration that the body of Christ is made up of many members. And when we're missing one of those members, that missing is felt. It affects the, the efficiency, effectiveness, the practicality of the body of Christ. Each member is necessary. Just as our bodies are made of many parts, which all do different things, and all are important to us accomplishing the things we do effectively, the same can be said about the church, as Paul says here. And yes, the church can get by without all of its members, but just as a complete body functions best, so will the church. So let's dive in to Romans 12. We're going to kind of piece this out and take this section by section and kind of see what we can gather from Paul's teaching here. But we're, not going to, we're actually going to skip verses 1 and 2 for now, and we're going to start in verse 3, which he says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment and according with, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to other people. He doesn't say that, right? He says, sober judgments in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Which brings me to my first point. Assess, don't compare. How many of you know that when we begin to start looking inside and start looking at what we're capable of doing, the, the inward reflection quickly turns into outside perspective. You start looking at other people. You start comparing your faith and your gift given by God to the faith given to other people. And how many of you know that comparison is a very terrible motivator? Comparison brings a lot more doubt, not a lot of confidence. But when you actually take this perspective that these gifts, this faith, was a gift given to us by God, it levels the playing field. 
It causes us to say, I don't need to look at Pastor Sarah. I don't need to look at Pastor Jacob. I don't need to look at Beth. I can look at what God has done in my life and the gifts, interests, and personality that he's given me and the faith to do those things. This is one of the main foundations that, that we need to address when we are talking about finding our place as an active participant in the body of Christ. We need to soberly assess our abilities, our faith, and what God has called us to do. And then also, it also enables us to then appreciate the other members of the body of Christ. We're not in competition any longer. We're actually in unity. Let's move on to verses four and five. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There's a theological phrase that I absolutely love. I had to write a paper about it back in college, and it's this. It's unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. Now, this is kind of an ongoing theme that you see when it's a comparison to Christ, the church, relationships, all those things. But we see it primarily in the beginning with the Trinity. So we see that God is one, but God is also three unique individuals at the same time, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All uniquely, one, all uniquely individual, yet one triune God. So Likewise, we as the church reflect that same unity and diversity as Christ's body. Many members, yet one body. All doing things that are important, but all doing things that are different. See what I'm saying? We're all unique and different, but we're all unified as the body of Christ, and we're all a diverse expression of Christ's likeness. We need those giftings, church. We need it. I'm going to press into this body illustration, and some of this may be a little bit comical. I, I ask for your forgiveness. I'm a bit childish still, even in my 30s. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, if Paul's really pressing into this diversity and unity, what would it be if we didn't have either of those things? So let's start off with diversity. If we didn't have diversity in the church, in our giftings, our abilities, our personalities, our races, if we didn't have that, say we had all Pastor Marcos. Man, our teaching would be fire every single time we had service. My goodness, he is. I saw him preach his first message in 2008-ish. Man's different now, guys. The Lord has brought him up, and he is an, an amazing teacher of the word. But homeboy is disorganized. <laughs> he, is, he is a visionary. He's got big vision. He has no detail orientation. Thank God for Victoria. Thank God for his admin, who is different than him, that can come alongside him and help him do the work of the ministry. Amen? His wife, Carrie. They're out of town, so I can pick on them. They might be watching online. If you guys are, I'm sorry, but you're easy targets now that you're not in the building. So Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, if you guys know her, she is details to the nth degree. She, she helps with our finance. Well, actually, doesn't help. She's our financial manager. She's amazing at it. She's on the ball. Numbers make sense. Excel spreadsheets bring her joy. She's sadistic. I understand. It's kind of wild. <laughs> 
But here's the thing. Our accountant loves her because she's so, she's down to the decimal point. It's amazing. We need that. But then you have people like Troy. My man likes to spend money. He's been trying to convince Ann to let him buy a, a, a pro keyboard because he saw mine for like months now. And he's like, I keep taking it out of the Amazon account. What are you doing? Get out of here. We, but here's the thing too. Carrie can't come up to this stage. That's not her gift. Her gift is not to, to speak and to preach, though when she does, she does it with excellence and care because she is a mother in this house. But her true gifting is being that mindset of detail orientation. We need church to be diverse. Now, if we're not unified, what happens? What happens when you lose a limb and it doesn't get reattached to the body, if it's even possible? What happens to that limb or that finger? Again, gross, sorry, it dies. It dies. People get frostbite and the circulation gets cut off or they lose that appendage. If it's not able to be reconnected at all, it, it will die when separate from the body. So again, if you are not unified and you're not coming alongside and you're not doing this, I'm not going to say you're dying or anything like that, but your spiritual journey will be lacking. You will feel dry, unfulfilled, consuming constantly and never giving. You've got to be a, pot, a part of this body. Let's continue on to verses 6 through 8. It says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is an easy point, but this is one people need to hear because a lot of you are doubters. We are all gifted for ministry. We are all gifted for ministry. If you don't believe it, you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You're flat wrong. Like just, it's hard, again, when we're, not, when we're not self-assessing, when we're not seeing how we can be a part of this diverse, unified body of Christ. Yeah, it is difficult to see where your giftings are lie. But let me tell you, that is a lie from the enemy, and he's just trying to keep you from using your gifts. You are gifted to participate in the body of Christ. Do you love to snuggle kiddos? Guess what? We have babies that need snuggling all the time. All the time. Do you like playing music? Skillfully. Let me put a caveat with that one. Skillfully. We have an amazing band, and we have, we have an incredible worship, but we need musicians. Do you enjoy yard work? Do you enjoy being out? <laughs> I see some like, like, mm-mm, that ain't me. See, diversity. We need diversity in the body. Some people, some ladies signed up like six months ago. She's like, I can't get outside. I live in an apartment. Can I pull weeds? And I'm like, Anne's going to love you. That was like, that's amazing. That's great. People have the heart to pull weeds. That's, that's, that's amazing. Paul isn't giving an exhaustive list here, though. All of these things are, are, are a crucial part of the church, but it's not exhaustive. So if you have a personality or a desire to minister to the Lord in a way that is a reflection of him, you, there's probably a way to do it within the body of believers. He's affirming the fact that every member of the body is gifted in some important and diverse way. So use that gift. 
When we've been gifted with either talents or interests that, can be, that could be and should be used in the local church. But some of you may not know what that is. And again, we kind of talked about that a little bit. So I want to press into that. If you're one of those people here, you're a Christian, you've been at the church for a while, you're still not serving, you're just like Marcus, like, I don't even know how I would even begin to start serving. I don't even know where I'd start serving. My interests don't align with this or, or help out in any way. I want to challenge that. I want to challenge that. I want to challenge those people, too, that aren't willing to move until they hear the voice of God from heaven shout down and give them specific instruction. Do we have anybody like it? I mean, you probably, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. Sorry. I was a 20-something at some point in time. You know, I'm not the oldest man in the room. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. It was 16 years ago. But I think especially in our teenagers and our 20-somethings, there's this tendency to be like, I'm not going to do anything until the Lord has called me to do it. I'm going to pray to the Lord and ask him for a sign. And I'm going to look to the sky to see the sign. And all you see is the Burt Watson plane. Go by. Like, oh, it's a holiday weekend. Okay. All right, Lord. Never mind. Okay, I guess, I guess today is the day I don't do what the Lord asked me to do. Can I just be honest with you? Yes, the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks to us today. He speaks through the Spirit. But he, he primarily speaks through this, you guys. He speaks through his word. And if you're not doing the written will of God, I think it's an ice cold ice cube's chance in hell that he's going to be giving you his personal specific will for you. I know that's tough to hear. Now, the Lord can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He can speak to somebody so far from him. He can show up in a vision and change the person's heart in a moment. But Christian, but someone who here who is following the Lord, if you are sitting here and you will not move or put your hand to the work of the church because you're waiting for something specific, you're going to be waiting a long time. And I truly believe this, that until we open ourselves, uh, start obeying God's written will, that's what opens us up to receive his specific will. Now, I've, I've actually had this happen in my life, so that's why I'm a little passionate about this portion. Um, I've been in ministry off and on since 2009. Um, I started working in a church around here, I think it was 2009, 2010, I got hired in. Um, but I started serving probably 2007, 2008. And uh, I had just come out of being in a band, uh, toured the nation, put out a record. It was loud, obnoxious, heavy metal music. It was awesome. It was a great time in my life. <laughs> It was so fun. Uh, but the Lord, after we recorded, said, you're done. 100% felt it in my heart. You checked it off the box, you're done. So I quit the band. I started, you know, working at a pharmacy. I started hanging out with uh, uh, some old friends. And two Catholic ladies just would not stop pestering me about joining a church. I think they wanted me to join their church. Mm-mm. <laughs> Wasn't going to happen. But my buddy, an old friend of mine, said, hey, man, I've been going to this college group. Uh, I'd love to have you come attend. I told him no up and down, no up and down. And then finally one night, I said, sure, let's do it. Let's go. And that night, gave the heart, uh, my heart back to Jesus. You know, I grew up in the church. But it was that night that it really became real to me. And a few, probably like a few months later, um, they had a kind of something like this, where we're trying to rally the troops and get people involved. And the pastor at the time said, hey, if you like technology, stand up. And, you know, 40 kids stood up. Who wants to serve in the media team? 39 kids sat down. <laughs> and I was just standing there by myself going, I guess I'll do it. 
and I started running sound. Um, I loved music. I, I wanted to get into recording and sound engineering anyways. Why not serve the Lord and learn how to do it? So I started running sound, and as you can see, how many years later? Where are we? 14 years later. I've ran sound once since I did that job. It was like a few months ago, oddly enough. Um, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing this. And, but here's what I'm getting at, is when I started running sound, the Lord exposed me to hundreds of pastors and preachers. I ran sound for dozens of weddings and funerals. And through that exposure, he trained me and showed me that, Marcus, you're not an ear. You're a mouth. Some of you in here that are serving, you're serving in a capacity that doesn't fit right. And your leader probably already knows that. So if you want to have a hard conversation with them, it's not going to be that difficult. But if you feel that as you're serving in the body of Christ, you're like, man, I thought I was a foot, but I think I'm, I think I'm an ear. You need to talk to your leader. You need to talk to them and, and get into the right place so that the Lord can lovingly steer you into where you're supposed to be most effectively. But I remember that vividly the day that the Lord said, like, this is what you want to do. And I just saw like how over the last few years he had just exposed me to those things. So as I gave the Lord my yes, I didn't necessarily know his specific will for my life. It's through doing that and serving in that capacity that he did show his specific will to me. So. I just want to share that with you guys. Again, obeying God's written will opens us up to receive his specific will. So Romans, again, we're going to start, at, we're going to end at the start. We skipped verses one and two as we started digging into things, and I want to go back to there as we kind of begin our descent to, to get to the landing point. Those verses say this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Everything that we've talked about today, everything, so whether it's, uh, you know, it's self-assessment and soberly judging um, the, the faith and gifts God has given you, if it's uh, unity and diversity within the body of Christ, if it's seeking out what sort of ministry you've been equipped to do, this is all out of the lens of an overflow of a life sacrificed and submitted to Christ because of the mercies he's shown us. This is all done, not out of our own strength and willpower, but it's done out of an overflow. As I said earlier, these words that Paul tells us is when we give our lives to Christ, there's a corresponding action that comes into play. And this is what Paul's getting at. It is becoming an active participant in the body of Christ. So I am legitimately going to end, well, not fully end. I'm going to take a moment and get super practical here. I want to share with you guys some of our top needs in the church. And I'm going to be honest. Serving is sacrificial. Serving takes time. Serving takes energy. Serving takes willpower and discipline. And you can always say, I know you're all busy and you've got so much... This should be a priority in the, in the discipleship process of somebody's spiritual journey. If you have not taken this step, I'm not going to paint the prettiest picture for you. It is hard. 
But here's the thing. You're probably in that seat today because somebody else gave up their time, talents, or treasures, and they poured into you. And now, why not do that for someone else? So again, very practical. Our Radiant Kids, we need first service nurseries members, as well as three-year-old room for the first service. Pre-K and kindergarten lead teachers as well. So if you have a passion for kiddos, teaching kiddos, uh, hanging out with kids, um, please uh, consider that. Worship. Again, skilled electric guitar players. Skilled electric guitar players. Uh, Some of these positions in ministry do require a certain level of excellence, a certain level of faithfulness, and that's where that self-assessment comes into play. If you're brand new to playing guitar and you want to be on this platform at some point, dedicate, get to serving, but then get to practicing too. Talk to Pastor Jacob. What would be a great way so that in a, in a year, in a year and a half, I could participate, learn the national number system, listen to harp and bowl worship, check out, like get to get familiar with our songs. There's a path to do that. So skilled electric guitarists. Uh, for media, we need videographers and audio techs. Now, this is not to, to knock on anybody who's a videographer at all. We have it set up pretty simply. You can be trained in this. If you can like point a camera, James and the team can train you to do this. You don't need a ton of experience for that one. Audio techs, uh, you'll also be trained as well if you're interested in that, but developing an ear does take time. And the, the board is very user-friendly, but you still need to learn the board. Uh, hospitality. This is probably one of the easier ones to get involved in, like right away. Uh, I'm actually in the midst of transitioning and taking over hospitality. Rick and Sharon are stepping down. Thank God for them and for their uh, leadership over this ministry for the past few years. They're still going to be main leaders within the ministry, um, but I will begin overseeing the day-to-day processes of that. So our team needs second service volunteers in any and all positions. So that's greeting up front, greeting at the sanctuary, refreshments, guest services, anything like that. Second service volunteers are desperately needed. Next slide if you could. Uh, Security and operations, we need second service volunteers in that capacity as well. Uh, Radiant Youth, which is led by Carter, um, they do two main things. During services, they have our fifth and sixth grade students, which meet in second service. They want to expand that, I believe, to both services. So we need three more people to serve in the grades five and six classes to help out with that. And our Radiant Youth also meets on Sunday nights twice a month. They meet in here. They have a worship team. We need help with media. They need help with running the slides. It's a program called Pro Presenter. It's very simple, and it's, it's very easy to train you on, but we're looking for people to help out with youth nights. Uh, photography. Again, skilled photographers. This room is not the easiest room to shoot photos in. We have natural light, artificial light. Um, sunlight and stained glass window light, it can be tough. It can be very difficult. But we have a great team. We have great training. But if you have like any familiarity with photography, especially for social media, we really need help in that regard. And then last, facilities help with landscaping. So Bay Area Academy, their kiddos uh, needed some volunteer time. They wanted to come and volunteer. They helped uh, weed some of our uh, areas, which has been awesome. Thank God for them. It was fantastic to have those kiddos here. Um, but we need, we need more help with our, with our uh, landscaping to beautify this place, especially now that it's summer. We can start planting some flowers and stuff like that. So those are some of the areas we need. Now, again, being incredibly practical, if you feel like any of these could be a position that you could help out with, or if you're like, I don't know what I want to, but the Lord's telling me to sign up, there's a couple ways to do that. You can go to radiantbc.com on your phone or on your computer at home. Click get involved, 
click join Team Radiant, fill out the application. We also, if you kick it old school a little bit, we have some hard copies at guest services. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. If you don't plan on filling it out here, don't take it home. Not trying to discourage you, but let's be real. People take pieces of paper home, it gets put in the purse of the pocket, and then it goes through the laundry. So if you want to fill one out, just take five, second, five minutes, fill it out, mark the areas you think you're wanting to serve in, and then give that right back to my mother. She'll be up there. So you can give that to my mom, and she'll package that away for me. If you don't know what capacity you want to serve in, still fill one out if you want to serve. I will contact you, we can talk, we can get, grab coffee, I can talk to you over the phone, and really see if there's a good spot where you could actually get plugged in and start serving sooner than later. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty practical stuff here. So, again, when I started the message today, there was, there was two main goals that I had. I wanted to encourage those of you who are serving to continue serving, to reignite that flame, you know, Paul talks about Timothy and says, you need to flan, fan that fire of into flame. You need to get that going again. I hope that you are realizing how valuable and important you are from someone who shakes a hand to cares for babies to helps with our security to somebody that teaches a, a discipleship group. Everything and everyone who has participated and participates in the body of Christ, you are amazing and you are literally being the hands and feet of Christ in Bay City. So thank you for that. And there are those of you who have not taken that step yet. I also want to challenge those of you online, those of you who watch. First off, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us. I know that there are a lot of people that just watch online. I truly want to challenge you. I truly want to challenge you. Come visit us. If you're local, come visit us. Don't just stay in the living room. It's a great supplement. It is not a replacement. Just come and hang out with us. Don't even get involved necessarily, but come and at least participate in worship when you can. Um, but those of you who have not taken that next step, I truly hope that the Lord is, is putting some things on your heart. I hope he's saying like, wow, you could actually serve in this capacity. Or maybe you've already been thinking about it. You've already been like, man, this has actually really already been on my heart. And this is kind of confirming some of those things that I was thinking about. Well, man, Holy Spirit, way to go. I'm glad you, I'm glad you did what I can't do. And that's change hearts. So I truly hope that you take that next step. You sign up online, you sign up at guest services, or maybe you just chat with one of us as we're up here for prayer and you want to kind of process that more. I pray that you consider taking that next step. Now there's a third group that I didn't mention yet, but I do want to just address. And this is a group where serving probably isn't the next step for you. And this isn't criticism. This isn't judgment. This is just honesty and helping you in your spiritual journey. We talked about Romans 1 and, uh, 12, 1 and 2, and it's all out of an overflow of the mercies we've received through Christ. So if you are not a Christian, if you're not a believer in Christ, first off, super glad you're here, like 100%, like so glad you're exploring the faith, so glad that you're even just humoring it, who knows what is going on, just so glad you're here, so glad that you trust us with that, that is like the biggest compliment a church could receive is that somebody who's searching for Jesus chooses your church to be that place to do that. So first off, thank you, and you are so welcome here. Take as long as you need to find out what you need to find out, but serving probably isn't the best spot for you to take that next step. Um, maybe you are coming from a church where you were spiritually abused, and sadly that happens. 
um, serving probably isn't the next step for you. Maybe you're coming out of a really messy divorce or maybe you are battling incredible addictions right now. Um, we are here for you. We love you. Know that, hear that. Serving probably isn't the best thing for you to do in this season. But I don't want to just say what not to do. I want to give you guys a next step. And that is finding community within the body of believers. Again, as I invited those people who watch online to just come and see, to get connected with people, that's your next step. If you're searching for answers, if you want to know the Lord, getting connected with somebody and sharing a coffee and, and having a conversation, that's where progress happens. If you're dealing with a hard situation and you need to find somebody that can do come alongside you in that, that's the next step. We have our Grill and Chill groups. Uh, it is, like Kinsey said, a super just informal and chill way to connect with people. We also have our men's, women's, and young adults groups. Those are great ways to get connected with people as well. Try and find people to build a relationship with. But here's what all of us, whether no matter what group you fall into, we need to remember that serving in the church isn't just about what you can do for the church, it's actually more about growing in Christ-likeness. Jesus says this, this is his words in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus came to serve, we're meant to serve. If we are actually the visible presence of the invisible God in this place, if we are actually Jesus' hands and feet in the world today, the Spirit-empowered church, that's what we are. We're a light in a city. We're light in a dark place, and we do that through our actions. So if Christ came not to be served, he didn't come as, as a king to be wooed upon. He rode in on a donkey, humble, he, his throne was a cross. His crown was of thorns. He came to serve, and his people are to do likewise. So I wanted to end today with a quote. Uh, this is from Pastor Jim Samra. He's out of, uh, he's actually Pastor Markle's old pastor in Grand Rapids when he was serving out there and doing his his uh, master's degree. His name is Jim Samra, and it's from his book, The Gift of Church. And I just wanted to share this quote before we ended things today. It says this, the world still needs to see Jesus. The world still needs to interact with him in a tangible way. And the church is the means by which God enables that to happen. As the fullness of Jesus on earth the church manifests the invisible Jesus, making him visible through word and deed. The church is able to do this because it's the, it's the primary recipient of the fullness of God's grace. And this, is, this line is it right here. When redeemed sinners of all shapes and sizes gather together as Christ's church, the breadth and depth of God's grace becomes visible for everyone to see. 
if our prayer team would come on up. Uh, I just want to invite you guys uh, as we get ready to close. Um, if you need prayer today, please come on up. Our elders and some of our other leaders will be up here to pray with you. Um, if you are interested in serving on a team, please stop by guest services, go online, fill out uh, an application. We would love to at least have a conversation with you. Um, but again, this is not a guilt trip. This is someone who's been through it sharing like how beautiful it is to participate in what happens here and how essential it is to our discipleship and for us to actually show this world who Jesus is. Would you guys pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you again just for your word. Thank you for simple things still being meaningful. Thank you, God, uh, that you didn't leave us alone. You sent your spirit to be with each and every one of us, to be in each and every one of us, to work through each and every one of us. And I pray, God, that uh, your church would do better. The church is beautiful, but man, she's messy. But that's not an excuse to stop trying. And we are just so thankful for your grace uh, to help us push forward and to keep doing what you've called us to do. So. Lord, uh, for those that are serving, encourage them today. Um, just rekindle that flame to, to serve. And for those who aren't serving God, I just pray that you would, you would impress upon them the courage to step forward. And to those who are not in the season to serve, show them your love. Shower them with your compassion and your comfort and connect them with the right people. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, church, thank you guys. Uh